The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Well, as we've been talking and everybody's been talking, uh, it's just over three weeks now until cannabis becomes legal in Canada. Today, the Alberta Motor Association unveiled a campaign they say will help clear the haze around <laughs> cannabis use and driving. The AMA has been working in partnership with Nate Students Association and Alberta Students Executive Councils on uh, this campaign. We're joined by AMA spokesperson Jeff Kasbrick. Hey, Jeff. Good afternoon, both. Hey, so uh, why did you think the need to put something out formally? Well, you know, there actually continues to be a lot of myths and misconceptions when it comes to the impact that cannabis actually does have on your ability to drive. Uh, Just to sort of set the stage for us, uh, one study done by Health Canada indicated that only half of Canadian cannabis users actually believe that the drug affects their driving performance. And then uh, another study done by CAA uh, found that 20% of adults between the ages of 18 to 34 think that uh, driver is the same or even better uh, when it is that they're high and behind the wheel. So those are pretty jarring uh, statistics that to throw at you. And so as a result, we thought it's really important that, as you said, we do clear the haze around this because uh, it, is, it is an issue where uh, there continues to be a lot of myths surrounding it. You know, Jeff, I have to tell you, we have an expression here at the 6.30 Chet <laughs> Afternoon News um, that you shouldn't have to put out a memo to wear pants to the meeting. <laughs> There's certain things that you just assume everybody knows. And when I read this, uh, I first read about the AMA doing this program, and mm-hmm. I thought, well, you know, that's the AMA. They do responsible yeah. stuff like that, right? Uh, but when I looked at the statistics, uh, two of which you just quoted, I was gobsmacked. How could so many people not understand because the argument's always been before that hey listen if they were doing it before they'll do it again there won't be an increase uh, right you know all these kind of conversations that there aren't going to be a whole bunch of people smoking drugs that weren't before whatever whatever um and i've certainly been on the other side of this argument from time to time but when i look at that and go wait a second so you're telling me that half the people half the people surveyed didn't think there was gonna there would be a problem associated with smoking drugs cannabis. I shouldn't, I don't want to get the cannabis people upset. Right, cannabis in this circumstance. Right. Well, and, and you know, let's look at the uh, analog of, uh, of alcohol impaired driving. I think it's important for us to remember that the current attitudes that we have around alcohol impaired driving um, uh, have really formed over decades, but mm-hmm. we don't have the time of decades in order to make sure that we have a clear understanding when it comes to uh, to cannabis-impaired driving. So regardless of what it is that you do in your newsroom about uh, pants or not showing up to the meeting, <laughs> uh, the, the, the important message around this campaign that we brought out is, is exactly similar to uh, to alcohol-impaired driving, and, and that is just separating the two behaviors. This isn't about uh, casting judgment about what it is that you choose to do, uh, but this is making making sure that we're just separating the behavior behind getting behind the wheel and any form of substance use. And it is still a conversation that we need to have. And it's an important one to have because research actually says 
that if you are high on cannabis, your crash risk is two times, so double uh, what it would be otherwise. But combine that with alcohol, and you're actually now up towards 200 yeah. times an increased ca- crash risk. So this is a, a really important conversation for us to have. And, you know, it, it is unfortunate that we still need to be having it, but uh, but nevertheless, um, we can't let that deter us. Like, like you said, I mean, there was a long time uh, there when people thought it was okay to drink a bottle of wine and get in the vehicle with no seatbelt on and drive home, right? And, and, and that right. has changed. But I'll tell you right now, Jeff, you know, if I looked over on our text line right now, there's probably texts on there saying, hey, I drive after I've been smoking cannabis all the time and it's never a problem. In fact, I'm a better driver. Yeah, and, and that is the attitude that, that did come out within this particular survey. But unfortunately, I'm, I'm here to tell you and here to tell those that are sending in the text and as well as all listeners that uh, the facts actually say quite differently. Uh, cannabis impairs your coordination, reaction time, attention span, decision-making, as well as your uh, judgment of distance. And when we think about the task of driving, all of those are pretty critical faculties that we need when we get behind the wheel. And, and the important piece is this, is that it's, it's just not worth the risk and indeed it's actually going to be against the law to drive high uh, while you're behind the wheel every single case of impaired driving that we have ever had has always been preventable there's never been one case of or circumstance of impaired driving where it hasn't been preventable and that's just by making appropriate decisions and so you had mentioned uh, that we're partnering with students in this message and and you might wonder why but one of the reasons why we're partnering with students is because um, believe it or not, it's millennials that are the most responsible generation when it comes to impaired driving because they have grown up with that messaging and it is innate uh, to them. Uh, so they are, uh, while they, uh, they may know how to have a good time, they certainly know how to make responsible decisions in doing so uh, related to driving. And, and they are the most likely generation to make arrangements for a designated driver. And so we're, uh, we're trying uh, and hoping that the leadership of students can uh, rub off on to all of us and that we're just making that simple, responsible decision to avoid the uh, avoid the cost, avoid the um, the frustration and inconvenience, but even more importantly, avoid the safety risk. You know, Jeff, it's interesting. You touched on a couple of things that I want to just highlight. Uh, one of them is, and I have to tell you, yesterday we had a conversation with an insurance company a representative who was talking about the uh, dangers of distracted driving. Yes, and. Um, his point throughout the conversation was that uh, drinking and driving is socially unacceptable. Distracted driving is still not socially unacceptable, and that's part of the problem, that you see your wife, your husband, your mom, your dad checking their texts, and you don't call them out on it, and his, his message was, you need to, right? And that's part of the problem, I think, that we're facing here with cannabis, if this many people believe that it doesn't impair their own ability to drive, my guess would be that the same number of people believe that it doesn't impair the driver's ability when they're a passenger in the car. So therefore, they're not calling them out on it. And the other, you know, and the other part of what you just said, Jeff, was that when you talk about millennials, that was the finding of the insurance company as well, that it's actually not millennials who are most distracted. It's actually folks my age. Because millennials grew up with the technology, and generally speaking, they've learned the hazards of the technology where people like me are fumbling to mm-hmm. check our email, right? So, sure. you know, two real points that I wanted to, to you know, just highlight again that you made. But the other that you made was the law, that it's against the law. But I think that's something else that you're up against with this program is that police forces have not all agreed on how to 
test and they haven't all agreed on um you know machinery to use and we you know it, i'm i'm concerned honestly and i wondered if you wanted to comment on that as well that with us rushing to this and i know people have been waiting forever but it feels now like we're rushing that we're not set up properly to enforce this you know i think throughout um, throughout traffic safety, but also through so many different things in, in society. Uh, uh, there's new world orders that are established at, at all different points in time, and it takes time to adjust to it. So the conversation that uh, we have had about alcohol-impaired driving or the, uh, the adjustment towards um, the use of seatbelts, uh, there is a generational component uh, to this. So you're absolutely right that there, there is that leadership. But, um, you know, part of the reason why we launched this campaign today is because because we want to get out in front of ever needing to uh, see um, uh, impaired driving enforcement at the roadside. And although I understand that that's not necessarily a realistic um, proposition, nevertheless, uh, we really want to emphasize the preventative nature of uh, dealing with impaired driving. But you are absolutely right. Uh, Along with this new world order of now having legalized recreational cannabis in three short weeks, um, is is a, a real difficulty uh, amongst enforcement and being able to actually uh, enforce the laws that we have. And that comes around the level of training uh, that they have to deal with the issue at the roadside, as well as the uh, roadside devices that they have. So there's still some question as to whether or not the oral fluid screening device um, is going to work in our harsh Edmonton uh, winters. So these are all realities that we're needing to deal with and, and are going to be adjustments over time. But when we see the kind of attitudes that are, are pervasive related to uh, cannabis uh, right now and, and your ability to drive, boy, we need to be having this conversation and we need to be ha- uh, have, uh, have been having it yesterday because um, uh, there's, there's a real attitude that we do need to change uh, over time because it, it's not just uh, ourselves that we're talking about. You know, we're part of a driving community and we owe it to everybody else on the road, whether it be um, our friends and family or, or another family that we may not necessarily know, um, we have a responsibility to make sure that we're as safe as we possibly can be behind the wheel as they do as well. And when I think it's, you know, it's important, and we talked about it last week on, on this show, the National Post had done a, a story talking to the, the major city, the major police forces across the country about where they're going to be on October 17th with the uh, the one piece of equipment that has been given the nod, that Drager mm-hmm. 500 or 5000, and pretty much most of them said yet no they're not going to be using them they haven't made that decision yet including the city of Edmonton but they did say that they would continue to use the field sobriety testing which is what they've been doing all along Um, the fact is is that they have already been pulling over in the past years people who have been smoking cannabis and um, and and used uh, the field sobriety test to do whatever they have to do to test whether or not someone is impaired. Um, And that's just going to continue on for a little while until we get a machine that works properly because there are lawyers lining up behind this machine. The first person is, I guess, bring it on, bring it on. So... 
Uh, yeah. Absolutely. So there, there is going to be a reliance upon that training because the other thing about the screening test uh, at the roadside, the one that has been approved, is it's incredibly expensive as well. And yeah. it's a one-time shot, unlike the um, breathalyzers mm-hmm. that we have at the, uh, at the roadside where those yeah. devices can be used over and over. Um, each of these oral fluid screening devices are a one-time use yeah. test. So there's a number of different complications uh, about it. But, you know, it's important for us to be having this discussion and for us um, uh, to be making the right decisions because um, the the circumstance and the experience of, of other um, states in the U.S. that have legalized cannabis says that there is a critical safety issue. In the state of Washington, the number of drivers uh, involved in fatal collisions that were found to have THC in their blood doubled after the point of legalization. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, these are, are just real staggering figures that, that we need to be getting in front of, and whether, we're, whether or not we do that with different roadside devices or training at the roadside, or we're just making the right decisions to begin with. You know, uh, Jeff, when you get this one figured out and solved, uh, could you start teaching uh, all Albertans how to make a proper right hand turn? <laughs> <laughs> baby steps, baby steps. Yeah. <laughs> Turn their lights on. Yeah. And we got a list for you. Use a traffic circle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have plenty of conversations to come. <laughs> I look forward to it. Thank you so much, Jeff. Thanks. Take care, both. All right. That's Jeff Kasberg from the AMA. Okay, we're going to uh, take a quick break here. When we come back, well, a little buddy, a little buddy in Leduc <laughs> gets kiboshed. We'll tell you why. All right, so uh, Leduc in the news, the city of Leduc in the news uh, today. And again, you'll remember that uh, the city has decided their cannabis policy that uh, cannabis use will not be allowed in public, much like alcohol consumption. Well, they had put out a kind of a little fact sheet, what you need to know. And um, it didn't go over so well. It didn't go so well because they had a little, what do you call it, little... Image is a little, it's the city spokesbud, they called it. Buddy, it was like a, a bud on a pot plant with a little hat on, holding a little clipboard saying rules and well, that sort of stuff. Well, his hat's a police hat, by the way. His hat's a police hat, and he's got... Um, <laughs> This is, you know, so Buddy was intended to attract attention to new cannabis bylaws. Uh, it has now vanished from the city's websites. Uh, apparently, there was a, a lot of feedback into the community, negative and positive. They said they listened to all sides. They said, well, Buddy's purpose was to educate about responsible cannabis use in the community and not make cannabis enticing to children. We understand the concerns that our residents have about the latter and such the public awareness can campaign will move ahead with the removal of Buddy. Buddy, Buddy, Buddy. It's it's not... A buddy listen. the spokesbud. Yeah. <laughs> Which bud? You know, a bud, obviously yeah. a reference, right? Of course it's a, it is. It's a cannabis plant and it's he's about wearing, a, yeah, cannabis yeah, wearing plant. a police yeah. hat. So I'm not going to put this in the category of absolutely uh, <laughs> stupid, but it just sort of laughably funny because obviously people are going to see that as first of all, closely associating the police with cannabis, and secondly, encouraging children to see the cannabis plant as a very friendly, approachable thing. So you could argue that it's, uh, you know, you're encouraging... The only thing I can think of that would be worse is if the campaign instead were to talk about drinking and driving and they introduced Bobby the Booze Bottle. <laughs> you know, hey, kids. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Come on down. <laughs> have you had? Have you tried this? It'll, it'll make you more interesting. Like, it's just, 
It probably just was not well thought out, perhaps. But he wants you to know the rules about cannabis and Leduc. Yeah. Ah, uh, well. I, I see where they came from. Uh, it's yeah. a great, uh, you know, great program. I just, again, it's one of those ones I'm sitting around going, you're sitting around the table and going, so does anyone think that, you know, parents might get upset about this? Yeah, I know. There's no plans turning it into a mascot, by the way. Can you imagine Was there a no, big giant right. marijuana leaf floating by? Hey, look, it's Buddy. Uh, <laughs> I always wonder about that. Whenever I see a company, an organization, a political group, any, uh, you know, put something out where they later retract it, I always wonder what would it have been like to be a fly on the wall in the boardroom, like you just said, when they actually came up with the decision? So how many of our people sat around the board uh, room table in Leduc? Was not one of them a parent? Like, did not, yeah, exactly, did not one of them be like, hey, I got an idea. That might not go well for us. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.